What's up? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to try that again, right? I'm going to take a little pause there. What's up, everyone? It is the Boundless team. You got Nico, Larissa, and Justine talking about a very exciting episode. This is episode number three about personalized outreach. Justine, Larissa, good morning. And uh, you guys ready? Oh, yeah. Ready to get into it. That's awesome. Justine, kick us off. Okay, so we love talking about like automation here at Boundless, right? We love using it to make our lives easier and stuff, but we also don't want to make everything we do seem robotic and like we're not human. So we kind of wanted to talk this week about making lead gen human again Mm -hmm. and how we've been doing that recently. Um, So do you guys want to talk about the importance of making lead gen human before we kind of start filling our secrets? Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll kick it off because this is this was my topic this week where I was like, hey, guys, I think it'd be really cool to talk about personalized outreach. And really, a prospect is getting bombarded 24-7. Even in their sleep, they're thinking about, oh, that brand that's marketing to me, right? Or maybe that's just, just me. But today, we're getting hit with so many different ads and outreaches. And you know, when you go on Sunday to, to watch your favorite sports ball, then there's ads, right? There's people trying to sell you something. So it becomes very easy at scale to be impersonal and not be able to form meaningful connections between a person or brand with a prospect or customer or client. So super, super important to stand out from the noise to focus on personalization. Yeah, and I'll just add to that a little bit uh, to kind of illustrate, I think, the value of it. If somebody if you get a message and it's just like hey justine check out this product that obviously you know they didn't research you they pulled your name from a list and just plugged in your first name and like that's the level of personalization you're getting if you take that as opposed to like hey justine i saw your most recent post about you know your trip to the grand tetons and i thought it looked really awesome i'm really happy for you i would really love to come meet you out uh, in idaho or montana or wherever you're at next and would love to grab a drink sometime by the way uh if if you didn't know i do this thing and here's my product just that extra piece of personalization shows that they actually like took the time to learn about you and you don't take the time to learn about somebody that's not worth your time, you know? So like that effort goes both ways. When you see that somebody's put that effort into you, you're more likely to put it back in. So that's just kind of to illustrate the, the purpose and the point and kind of the value that this kind of outreach brings. Yeah. And I will say that there's context to this. So what I and Larissa are talking about today, this really only works if your client is a high LTV. So anything more than $1,500, $5,000, at the lifetime of that person, this is a route you want to go. Now, if you have a product under 1000 it's much more beneficial to focus on ads and more mass market because the dollars to cents ratio does not makes sense. So that's the only caveat to personalization that if you really, if you sell hammers, it's super, super hard to find people to buy a $7 hammer and make it profitable if you're reaching out to them personally. Yeah, that's a good point. It's definitely worth considering the cost and the value that you get from this. Uh, Especially also consider the super high value people. You're not the only people going for them. That's why it's so much more important to like put in the effort to stand out to them. Whereas like if it's a low value product, 
you, you're more in the game of getting as many people as possible as opposed to getting, you know, one or two really great clients every month. Absolutely. Justine, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I have so many thoughts about this. <laughs> you guys are the experts here. I'm scared to ask those questions. <laughs> oh, no, um, no. But do we want, do we want to get into kind of what we've been doing recently and like our tips and tricks for how we've been going about personalizing and really standing out to our clients this week? Yeah. So I'll, I'll frame it up. And then we have two examples. Both of them are, I think, I, th- I think are going to be game changers for a lot of businesses out here. So please stay tuned, right? But we have prospects just like anyone else that are in love with the, the service and are, are almost there. Like Justine, they're almost there to become amazing, amazing clients and their whole lives changing with, with working with Boundless, right? Getting that consistent lean flow, a little plug there. But they just haven't made that decision for whatever. Maybe it's internal. Maybe they are viewing other competitors, whatever that is. And we wanted to do something to stand out. So Larissa, what was the first thing that we did this week? One of the things we did is uh, we sent somebody a hammer, like went on Amazon and ordered a hammer and sent it directly to them. Uh to say like, hey, we're super excited to build a partnership with you. I mean, it's a little bit cheesy of a pun, but it's pretty effective. And we're meeting with them again to hopefully finish up the final details early next week. Yeah. So this was after proposal was sent. We were going back and forth for about nine days and we wanted to, we really want to work with this prospect. They're perfect ICP. We know we can crush it for them, proven solution, amazing case studies and working with us would be super beneficial. So we wanted to further illustrate, like, this is how we do business and sending a hammer got, you know, send it to their main office. I got an email back saying, Hey, let's meet on Monday. And we have one last thing. And then we want to get started. So super inexpensive way, thinking outside the box, a couple of follow-ups that I and Larissa had brainstormed was if anyone's on the fence, actually sending them a fence plug for Amazon, not an affiliate, but you can get one pretty cheap right a usable fence for about 18 bucks shipped and yeah it's it's pretty good pretty good there so we'll keep you guys updated in next week's episode on what actually happened did we close them did the hammer work <laughs> or did it not i will say that amazon prime coming in clutch there like mm. this <laughs> podcast is not sponsored by amazon sure not sponsored by amazon um another point to kind of illustrate like this is not for low value clients just because it is an additional expense not only in time but also in like physical goods uh where if you're selling a 20 dollars dtc product it really doesn't make sense to do this kind of stuff because it's going to cost you so much but if the lifetime value of the client is ten thousand dollars seven dollar hammer for ten thousand dollars totally worth it no brainer Absolutely. That goes into the second thing that we did. So another high value prospect, again, two weeks ago, they said they're 80% of the way there. This week, they said they're 90% of the way there. So Justine, I can see, I can see that there's a trickle up effect. I think there's 80 to 90. Now, next week, I don't want it to be 95, nor do I want it to be zero. I want it to be 100%. 
So what we decided to do was actually buy a domain, shouting out that specific person, right? So we bought a domain. It was, I think, 12 bucks, 15 bucks. Actually, it was more because I messed up on the name. We're going to be honest here. So it's, like, it's going to be 30. And when it's all said and done, and we bought a web, Wix website, did some cam Canva graphics, and have shot a quick uh, VSL, so video sales letter, confirming what we had talked about, bringing up specific points and illustrating how a partnership could be beneficial for both us and the prospect. So we sent that out. And again, we're going to keep you guys updated with what happens next week. But that is a way, again, to stand out. Like we literally bought a domain with the person's first and last name in it. We sent it to them. It is custom. So yes, it's a lot of extra work. But to Larissa's point, if you have someone you really want to work with, right, and you've been dying to do, you know you can do a stellar job with them, then these mechanisms, whether it's a hammer or a website, is a great way of standing out from the noise. So while everyone else is following up with emails, these prospects got a hammer and a website from Boundless Media. Yeah, Nico, uh, I do think that like for any for anybody listening, it would be helpful for them to understand like the effort that goes behind that. How long would you say it took you to make the website, the Loom video? And yes, we did have a little bit of mess up with the domain where, you know, something was just spelled wrong. So another little check there for proofreading. So uh, mm -hmm. but all, all said and done with the website, how long did that particular piece take you? Yeah, so we really were to quantify that. First, we were going to send a hammer to this individual as well, right? We, we wanted this podcast to be about like physical goods and we couldn't find a reliable address for this person. We looked everywhere. So we, between myself and Larissa, trying to find a place to send this, it probably took us like 30 minutes combined between her and my time. Then actually filming it took me one try. So that was like five, you know, like a minute. It took me like, 30 minutes to build the actual deck, right? It took me another 20 minutes to build the website and optimize it for mobile. So I don't know. So it was 30, an hour, hour and a half. And then proofreading, yeah, we'll let's just, just, let's just say two hours. And, and say anything two hours. like that. Yeah, we'll just say, you know, two hours of time. But then the LTV of this client for us would probably be closer, for this particular client would probably be closer to between like 50 and 60K. Yeah, so absolutely. Again, two hours additional work for potentially 50 to $60,000 coming into our business over the next year. Yeah, that's a really good point. Same, same, we'll just break down the hammer since we're on the finance side of this, right? So it did take us about 20, 30 minutes to find an address, verify it, find a product, write the messaging. So let's just say an hour into it all and then following up on email and whatnot. So really an hour's worth of time there. and the cost of the hammer you know, range from like, let's just say it's 15 bucks. It's less, but with shipping and handling. And I think it was like fees. seven, but since we have prime, we didn't pay for shipping. Cool. Larissa has prime. We never, balance needs to yeah, fork true. that over <laughs> next year. So that's really the cost. So really with time effort into both of these, let's say that it's around 250, 250 bucks in total for time and actual cost expenditures. Now, if two hundred and fifty extra dollars results in net new income of nine k, which these contracts are about, and that per month, right? And let's just hypothetically say they stay for one month, which they won't because we're we'll crush it for them. Um, you know, two fifty equals nine 
So pretty good day, I would think. It's more, but yeah. Yeah, I like breaking stuff down like that in terms of like the numbers and like what we put into it and what we're expecting to get out. Because I think that's another thing that's really important as you consider outbound and the best ways to either get people in the door or help get them across the finish line, which is really what, you know, these two examples are about is really more getting people across the finish line. But even still, like from from the beginning to the end, you kind of need to know what your customer acquisition cost is. You need to know like the amount of time, effort and expense that goes into getting you new business so that you're actually like turning a profit and there's an ROI there. Yeah. So should you go and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on Amazon selling hammers and become the number one hammer buyer on the platform? Absolutely not. Nor for Wix. What we're trying to illustrate is that there are ways to make the whole funnel personal. So focus on your first cold outreach, right? Personal messages. If you have time in a very small market, personalized video works swimmingly, right? Then you get to the middle of the funnel, right? Resources that you can send specific to their industry. We only focus on one, you know, two industries, which is agencies, right? That could be marketing or software, but that's, you know, we have a lot of custom content there. In the sales process, I shoot one, two, three minute looms for check-ins rather than saying, hey, this is a bump email, Okay. Once we get to the bottom of the funnel, doing things like this, once you know that they're almost there, can be the, the point that pushes you over the edge into a signed deal. So no, do not send hammers right off the get. People might be like, this is super weird. But try to make the whole process human. And hopefully these tips will show you that you can do that throughout the whole process. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. Christine, any other? Like, yeah. yeah. So it kind of sounds like it's building like each step in the process helps the next step. Can you kind of like expand on that and like how you took this client from your first cold email to sending them a hammer? Because I don't know. It might, I know there's a process there. I know the data helps like build on top of each other. Can you kind of talk about how you walked through that process? Yeah. It's actually funny because I never want to lose touch with outbound. So I don't do nearly as much outbound as the rest of the team. They crush it. But this hammer client that we sent it to, I actually sent them a cold email. So this is cold email, saw that they were hiring BDRs. They fit our persona. I actually had to reach out to this guy six months ago and he told me not interested. So I'd use a different domain <laughs> uh, because I knew I could help him. And I made the message so personal to him. He was talking about NFTs and Dogecoin, brought that up instantly. He was super happy, sent me to his assistant that day, jumped on a call. Next day was with him. The day, I think a week after that was with this sales guy. So we went from assistant to, or an operations individual. Um, his name's, his, he's awesome. So I hope he hears this. Big shout out to him. I'm going to disclose his name right now. But then talking to the actual owner of the business and then the person who would be my point of contact. So I really knew that like within the organization, I have gone and checked every single, I went from the bottom to the middle to the top. They said they were interested, got a call, contract was sent and that's the worst time. And I follow up quite a bit in that process. So throughout that, I was sending Loom videos of me walking through their website. I'd done some work on analysis, on analysis on their clients and who would be good fits for what we can do. 
So they got two custom videos from me. And really it was like 30 seconds a minute long each. And then this happened, right? Still quiet for a couple of days. So we sent a hammer on Wednesday. Now we have a call for 9 a.m. on Monday. And hopefully we get the cash in the bank that day so we can get started crushing it for them. So with that being said, I love you kind of walk through the whole process for this particular lead. With that being said, for this lead, Nico, what, how much time would you say we have invested into this one lead? And so much. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because as the, as a main point of contact before people talk to anyone, like we do a lot of pre-vetting. That's one huge check that we have. So to send the email, right, was about, and re- send research, all that was 15 minutes. All the calls in total is about an hour and a half right? Throughout all, all the calls. And that's, you know, first calls with the ops person, then CEO, then the point of contact that the VP of marketing and sales. And then what we said earlier, like two hours, hypothetically on the, no, about an hour of time for research and sending and emails. And so about three to five hours in there with this prospect throughout the last 14 days. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of get that number from you to illustrate that, like, this is a very human process. Like, that's why it's important and why the value here is really for those high value clients and why it doesn't make sense to put five hours before somebody gives you any money to put five hours into them uh, for a really low value product. However, if they're a really high value client, five hours of work to potentially get you know, a, a lot of time and money back, that's a big win. So is a lot of the things you had just done, are they scalable? No. Ultimately, a lot of them, no. You know, you can't really scale the the research or the, the custom writing too much. Like we've optimized the process so it's relatively efficient. It's more efficient than going and being like, okay, I found one person, write their stuff. And, you know, like we have, we have a whole process and a system and a team to be able to do these kind of things. But I do want to illustrate that, like, to be able to do this, you need to focus on not necessarily a high volume of prospects. Yeah. There's no way you can do this. It's not feasible. Yeah. There's no way. So if you're trying to reach out to like 10,000 people a week, this is not the method for you. It will not work. Because that would be in theory, right? For this one client or this one prospect who will hopefully become a client. If we, if we took that same five hours that we've spent on them so far and, you know, in, in an addi- additional cost, not just in time, but let's say five hours and then some extra cash like thrown at them to be able to help get them over the finish line. I mean, all in all, like that's not a super scalable solution. However, for the high value clients, totally worth it. And for a podcast, right? <laughs> but <laughs> but no, she's she's right. And I I've been lucky to have done over three, four hundred calls in the last two years. So I know when someone's really into it and someone who's not, right? And some clients you don't need to do this because they're so ready to go. And doing something like this might be overselling, right? This is only you know, sending, building a website and sending a hammer should only be done if there's a delay in signing the contract and the prospect has 
very specifically said, like, I do want to work with you and viewed the contract and asked a ton of questions. So don't do this to every single person. Like there's a prospect we're going to be signing. I just got the email on like the 15th, right? He just wanted to wait until he had time. And that's when he said, when we get started, I won't do anything like this until like the 25th of February. Right. Because I'm going to follow up in the meantime, because I don't want him don't go, don't go past the yes. Right. If he's, if the contract's signed and there's no delay, then don't go past the yes. Yeah. That's a good point. And that is something that, you know, I feel like is worth kind of just having a brief conversation about here as well as like how much is too much. There is no too much. <laughs> it, it, so? It's too much until they say no. I mean, we have people that, and there's different levels, right? Like if a contract is in the works, right? And and we put 14-day contracts together, right? If they go past 14, then they're not a prospect anymore. They're just, I don't know, they're, they're not. They're, you know, if the contract's expired, my terms are probably going to change. I'm going to raise the prices. So they want to come in at that level. They got to sign it between that. And if not, it's okay. No hard feelings. But there's a diminishing return. So if you want me to say exactly, you know, <laughs> how many times I follow up, I can. That's going to be very dependent on your market. Yeah, there. But it would be too much to, let's say, like, buy them a car and have that shipped to their house. Like, that'd be nice. I mean, if somebody wants to buy me a car, you know, DM me. <laughs> but other than that, like, you don't want to put it, you don't want to, I guess you don't want to be like thirsty, I guess, if that makes sense. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And there's like a certain level where like, if you, like you mentioned, like diminishing return. And you want to be at the peak, not on the not on the downside. Yeah. And there's different points, right? In in your cold outreach versus middle funnel versus end, right? There's at the end, I'm going to give a lot more time. You're probably here from me quite a bit versus the beginning versus the middle. Yeah. Um, this has been a really great conversation on bringing the human back into lead gen. Uh, I mean, I think those are all the big topics we really wanted to cover. Does anybody have any closing points for this? Yeah, no, I think we covered it all. Um, I think it just really hones home that point of bringing that human aspect back into lead gen and showing that, you know, we do care about our prospects and you should do. Absolutely. Exactly. So in closing remarks, if you are an agency and you're having trouble finding the right people, getting them interested in what you have to do, and ultimately getting a sales call with the key decision maker of that organization, look no further than Boundless Media. We are here to make boundless, make you more boundless, frankly speaking. Uh, but yeah, please reach out to me at Nico at getboundlessmedia.com. You have any questions, concerns, ideas, should I send them a fence versus a hammer? Let us help you free of charge. Again, there's no, you know, no point of you know, helping someone we, or trying to work with someone we can't help. So I'll tell you if I can't help you. And if I can, I'll show you exactly how to. Now, if you want us to do it, that's where we make our money and make the most impact. So thank you guys so much for the third episode. If you have any content ideas or want us to do a prospecting session with you, I think that could be a fun episode, maybe four five, six or seven. Have a great day and we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.
Is it recording in a second?